0: Welcome back to The Ultimate Pocket Therapist. We are a mother and daughter team of Shannon and Brooke wanting to educate, entertain, and enlighten you to mental health issues. Look at that flow. I did. Shh. We weren't oh. going to mention oh, it. Oh yes, we weren't going to bring it up. Yes, but I did it. Yes, you did.
1: And, it, and you did
0: it well. I know. Yeah. I know. Okay. So it's only taken us how many months to get an intro? 21 episodes. Twenty-one. Well, who's counting? <laughs> so. Weekly episodes. 21 Oh, that's funny. So before we get
1: started, I will do the disclaimer. Um, This is not a therapy session. Although after reading some of these things, it should be. No, (laughs) (laughs) I am not your therapist. And if anything that we talk about ever brings up issues, triggers things, um, we recommend that you seek counseling and get help. There are many resources available. In fact, we'd like to share a resource Now, this podcast is being sponsored by BetterHelp. Like we have mentioned in each of our podcasts, if anything we talk about triggers or brings up any issues, don't hesitate to seek counseling. Everyone has struggles and therapy does not need to be scary. Everyone deserves to be happy and you don't need to worry about finding a therapist near you. because you are your greatest asset.
0: And as a special offer to Ultimate Pocket Therapist listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash uptherapist. That's betterhelp.com slash uptherapist. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. All right, so what a... What gold do you have for us today, mama? Well, apparently,
1: after last week, we did an episode on maternal narcissism. Mm -hmm. And apparently, we opened up a can of worms. Mm -hmm. So we received a lot of comments and a story. So I don't know where we should start. If we want to start with the story or the comments or what? How does it flow? How does well, how's it, the feng shui? The feng shui. Yes. Oh, let's just start with the story. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so much for your opinion. Okay. So this is just a story. Um, this person apparently is not asking for my help, which I guess is fine.
0: You know, I think she's just smart enough to know it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not, not worth it. <laughs> <It's> not fine. <laughs> so anyway, then I'll just go with the story. Good. Okay. It says, hello,
1: I wanted to tell my story about living with a very narcissistic mother. I am the oldest of three children. I have two younger brothers. Growing up, my mom was involved in everything we did. It didn't feel like a problem until I was in high school. She wanted to know everything I was doing all the time. I had grown up telling my mom everything, so she expected that I continue to do that. I went to a college close to home, so I stayed at home to save money. I met my husband my last year of college. He still had two years left because he had served a mission for our church. At first, my mom thought he was okay. I like, he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. He was just okay. He'll do. Yeah. And my dad liked him. That changed when we started getting serious. All she could do was find fault. He was in debt. He would never be able to make, quote, Good money. After I graduated, we decided to get married. I had a really good job and could support us. She tried everything she could to talk me out of marrying him. She even paid for us to go to a financial counselor to prove that we would never, quote, make it. She actually went to the appointment with us. Wow. (laughs) The wedding was horrible. They're supposed to be really good weddings. Okay. (laughs) The wedding was horrible. Looking back, I'm surprised that my husband still married me. LOL. (laughs) She did not want my future mother-in-law to be involved at all and did everything she could to keep her out of any decision making. At one point, she was so upset that she demanded I call the wedding off. Side note. When my younger brothers got married, they did not allow my mom to have any involvement. (laughs) They they warned their fiancés not to talk to my mom about any wedding plans. They said they learned by watching what I went through. I should have got married last, (laughs) not first. (laughs) So fast forward to now. I have two children. My husband has a very good job. I quit work to stay home with the kids but plan on going back as soon as they are both in school. We do just fine financially and are not homeless. (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) That's good. My mom has continued to be a problem. She calls me every day and wants to talk for hours. She wants to know everything I have planned for the day and then will question me about it. If I tell her I can't talk, she will get upset and say, why do you have to do that right now? Can't it wait? If I go shopping, she wants to know everything I bought, how much I paid for it, and then will question me about the right decisions, about making the right decision. She will ask me why I didn't look at other stores because I might have found it cheaper. For the most part, my husband is tolerant, but to be honest, my mom has caused some marital problems. After the scene she caused in the delivery room with our first child, she was not allowed to be in the room with our second It is amazing that we have been able to raise our children without killing them because about everything we have done is wrong. (laughs) She will even call us when we are on vacation. She wants to know if we got there okay and what we are planning on doing. My husband and I went to counseling a few years ago. It really helped, and that was when I learned that my mom is very narcissistic. I had not thought of her as narcissistic, but she definitely is. I have learned to pick my battles and set some boundaries. She does not call at night when she knows my husband is home. She very seldom comes over to the house without an invite. She is good to watch my kids when I need a babysitter, and she will watch our cats when we are gone. The most important thing is I no longer worry about her opinion. I just listen, hang up the phone, and go about my business. I don't try to justify my decisions and I try to limit the information I give her. She can be exhausting, and by the way, she still doesn't like my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I have tried to find a way to still have her in my life without her controlling every part of it. There are times that my husband and I joke about moving off the grid and going into hiding, (laughs) LOL. (laughs) And she signed it, Karen.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) You know, I'm hoping with this podcast, we can shed a positive light on the name Karen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Us alone. We will Mm -hmm. change the dialogue to Mm -hmm. the name Karen. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is my hopes and dreams for the world. Huh? And Bob. Well, Bob's not really, I mean, nowadays you get the the memes on Facebook. If you were technology savvy enough to look at Facebook, right? uh Uh-huh. You would see it's like anytime there's a bitchy lady. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, geez, Karen, or, you know, right. they're a Karen. Karen. Yes. You don't really do that with a Bob. Well, I do. Oh. Well, then we need to change that dialogue <laughs> for you. <laughs> don't, don't you remember that every boyfriend you ever had was named Bob? I do. Okay. I do. Just saying. And I remember that um, my first husband, mm-hmm. you introduced him to the entire family at Thanksgiving, probably 60 people. Okay. As Bob. Okay. In fact, that's all they knew him (laughs) as. And when my wedding announcements came out, (laughs) my aunt, whom I have always been very close with and loved very much, Mm -hmm. couldn't figure out why I was marrying someone named Nick when I had been dating a guy named Bob (laughs) this whole time. (laughs) Two years, mother. Yeah. Two years. Blame your father. (laughs) was just too good to stop it, we it was. Just <laughs> I, I remember friends
1: coming out from Boston to visit uh-huh. and we're totally confused
0: yeah they're like mm-hmm. so wait who is this where did Bob go yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh that was a tangent but anyway so that, speaking, speaking of bad mothers yes. um <laughs> yeah thanks
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway well that was a very good story it
0: was actually yeah and you know what I'm glad that you have been able you Karen. Yes. Have been able to learn that how to deal. Yeah. And learn that your mom has shit going on. And that she's not just being a involved mom. No, she's, she definitely is narcissistic and causing problems. Right. And it sounds
1: like from the end of it, she's figured out how to not have an impact or. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you for sharing that story. Because you know what? There are so many similarities out there i see it in counseling a lot there are a lot of maternal narcissists mm-hmm. around and we just don't recognize them no you know i like when she said i didn't even think of her as being narcissistic till you went to counseling that has happened so many times yeah i will tell a client you know i just really think your mom has got some uh, narcissistic you know, traits and might be a narcissistic person. Oh, no, no, you know, that's not her at all. And then as time goes on, I keep pointing them out and keep pointing them out. And they go, you know, she she might be. (laughs) And I think it's because we honestly look at narcissism really in men. Yeah. You know, and not in our moms. Mm -hmm. You know, our moms can be like helicopter moms or... You know, so that kind of goes back to a bunch of the comments we received, not necessarily like long emails, but we received a bunch of comments just about the best way to deal
0: with a maternal narcissist. Yeah. And then also a few asking about how do you know the difference between an overly involved helicopter mom versus Uh a truly narcissistic mom, too. A few people were kind of wondering that, too. And that's valid. It is. Because they're both... You know, as we talk, our last episode, if you guys haven't listened to it, that's the last one. We go through the different types of mother, narcissistic moms, moms. Mm -hmm. Moms. maternal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of them, a few of them are that overly involved. Right. But then at the same time, there's also just being an overly involved mom. Doesn't mean you're narcissistic.
1: So the best way, I think, to really look at that and how you would probably distinguish between the difference is back to the DSM-5. Because even though these maternal narcissists present in different ways, the diagnostic criteria is still there. And if we look at our diagnostic criteria for narcissism, and we start like looking at examples with these moms, we can see whether or not they would be diagnosed as narcissism, or they're just either controlling, over-involved, or the helicopter mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we just kind of go back to our diagnostic criteria. Okay. But the thing is, it's like there's a lot of similarities in dealing with both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the first thing that always pops up for me when we're talking about narcissism or the helicopter mom is... Learning to set boundaries, Mm -hmm. which is really hard growing up. Mm -hmm. It's easier to try to do as an
0: adult. I think it's always hard doing it with a parent. Yeah, too. There's Mm -hmm. always that slight intimidation Mm -hmm. being a child, even if you might be a 50 year old child. Right. Setting a boundary with a parent, I think, is always just a little uh, right. Get kind of an icky feeling.
1: (laughs) Well, with narcissism, setting a boundary is usually perceived as criticism. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get a reaction and not a pleasant one. No. And it's always geared for you to back off
0: Mm -hmm. and,
1: you know, soften the boundary or apologize for it or something. So setting boundaries with narcissism is not easy anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one of the hardest things. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely. I really struggle with setting boundaries with people too. And I think it's just my inner people pleaser, but I will have like this, okay, I need to, you know, it could be a coworker. It can be, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be just a buddy or friend or whatever. And I'll like be gun ho of like, okay, I really need to set this out for them. So that way I don't feel this way again. And it could just be an offhanded thing anyways, but I will get myself so worked up that when I finally start to tell them about boundaries I need, I immediately start backpedaling and softening it. And so it just sounds like a really weird suggestion <laughs> that doesn't make much but, sense. But never mind. You don't need to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah like I halfway was just through, kidding. I'm like, you know what? Never mind. Let's go. Never, yeah. Let's go, let's go get a coffee. I'm good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring it up. Yeah.
0: Just kidding. That
1: didn't happen.
0: Um, <laughs> I do I, that a lot.
1: And I see that a lot. Yeah. Boundaries are hard to set because they're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and people don't like boundaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really awkward to do it with narcissistic people.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I struggle with just totally normal people. Yeah. Yeah. But doing it to a narcissistic person that can uh, play Mm -hmm. that game right back, that would be really, really extremely hard. Yeah.
1: It is a tough one. So how do we deal with these maternal narcissists? We set boundaries. Go into hiding. I, that's a good one. Run. Run. Uh-huh. hmm Yeah. That one worked for me. <laughs> get a one-way <laughs> Just get the hell out. You did do that. <laughs> I did do that. I'm out of here. 18, out the door. Yep. <laughs> I don't have to deal with this. But another thing that we talked about, we brought this up a lot last week when we were talking about the impact that being raised with someone who is really narcissistic, not the helicopter. Well, actually I have a story that might be similar to that. I'm kind of thinking ahead here, but with the emotional impact we have a lot with narcissistic moms is we have, sometimes we end up with these negative core beliefs that we're just not good enough, or we're, you know, question our decision mm-hmm. you know we don't trust our ability to make decisions yeah and we always have that kind of emptiness inside that because narcissistic moms this is a big difference don't have empathy where a helicopter mom sometimes has too much they're rescuing everything Yeah, only you kind of, know? yeah but one of the diagnostic criteria with someone really um really narcissistic is lack of empathy and that just recently came up a really good example of that with a client I have she's um, in she's an adult and she now lives with her mom kind of as a a caretaker but her old dog is not doing well and she had just taken the dog to the vet right before she got to my session and they are not sure what's wrong and what's going to happen Her mom actually had no empathy about the dog possibly dying, but was angry about how much it cost to take the vet to, I mean, to the dog, to the vet, the cost of it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. There is that lack of empathy there.
1: Yeah. No empathy about her attachment to the dog and losing an animal, which is always really sad, Mm -hmm. but it's just back to, you know, how much is that going to cost you? Mm Yeah. Yeah. Took, out of, an example. took mm-hmm. out of her bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, one of the things um, in dealing with helicopter moms and narcissistic moms is like helicopter moms really have a hard time allowing kids to fail. hmm Okay. And in fact, I have uh, an example of that where I had a client that was a, an only child. And her mom, who I knew from the past um, and is not narcissistic at all, but is definitely the the hovering parent, mm-hmm. would never allow her to fail. And so she just basically grew up with a lot of anxiety about having to do anything because, <clears throat> excuse me, if if she failed, it would be a problem. And so if she got anxiety about doing something, the mom would rescue it. She would come in, literally do her homework, take over the situation. So in all honesty, my client would say to me at times that she has used anxiety to get out of things, like doing (laughs) chores. And that way her mom wouldn't make her do chores because she had anxiety.
0: And then, yeah, and her Uh mom has too much empathy. Uh Uh-huh. And doesn't want her to feel bad. Uh So So the mom does it over and Mm -hmm. does it. Yeah. That's sly. I know. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And she missed that. You know, she's old enough now. She sees it. Yeah. Yeah. But she also has no motivation to do anything Mm -hmm. because her mom has always done it for her. She doesn't even have a driver's license because she's totally content having her mom take her everywhere she needs to go. And the mom does. Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: You know, um, I, when I used to be able to ride horses, I taught horseback riding lessons in order to supplement income to keep these expensive animals alive. Yes. Yes. But I would, a lot of times I would get um, kids coming in and I wouldn't accept anyone under the age of five. Right. And so they'd be five to 12 is usually what I had, honestly. But it was amazing to me how many kids I would get there that the mom, even though she wouldn't even know how to do anything with a horse, never been around one, right. would want to jump in and rescue them when I was like, hey, you you know, I showed you how to halter. I'll take the halter off. I'll hand it to them and I'll just wait for them to halter the horse. Right. And it, and it's fine. It, not going to hurt them if it's get put on wrong or whatever. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like you know, how many parents would just jump in and be like, here, here, this is how you do it, you know, or like <laughs> the kid couldn't quite right. reach to brush. And before uh-huh. I could even grab them a bucket to make, to improvise for them to do it themselves. Cause that was the big thing with my lessons is mm-hmm. they had to do it themselves as best they could. Right. And the parents, and there's a lot of times I would have to be like, look, mm-hmm. you are paying me to teach your kid, right? You, you are not teaching them any valuable information by doing it for them. So either you need to sit back quietly or go wait in your car. Right. And I actually had to get to that point of like, let them fail. Uh-huh. You know, this horse isn't going to hurt them. I'm not going to let them get injured. hmm. But right. stop yeah. doing it for them. And I, I remember thinking, you doing this in front of me, a complete stranger. What are you like at home? Oh, I bet. Woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, just that. That was the helicopter parents. I would always just sit back and be like, oh my gosh, this poor kid. <laughs> it's not going to even know how to wipe their own butt by the time they're 13 because she's going to hurry and do it for them. Oh, that's funny. I
1: remember one time uh, Dan and I were out doing an equine therapy activity with a little boy and his parents. Mm-hmm. And we had an activity set up and he was working with a donkey and his, his parent could not stand it and they wanted to jump in and rescue and finally I looked at him and said one more time and I am duct taping your mouth and tying your hands with (laughs) (laughs) Twain. stay
0: out of it stay out of it (laughs) you are paying me for services leave it alone (laughs) and I'm not above
1: duct taping Twain. no No, you're not nope that will work anytime (laughs) so but back to dealing with maternal narcissism, there are, there are actually extreme cases where it is so toxic to the individual to remain in a relationship that they might have to actually totally separate mm-hmm. and have no contact with the parent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're that toxic... And they don't need to be in your life.
0: Yeah. And they don't need to be in your children's life life if you have children. Right. Or even if you're married in your spouse's life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's a hard one talking about boundaries. But that's a hard one I've had to work with clients on before is like, maybe you need to consider severing ties with this particular mom, Mm -hmm. you know, and the guilt that comes from that. But also sometimes it's a relief. Yeah. To realize, you know, I don't have to. Continue in this relationship.
0: Yeah. There is no law. Right. That mm-hmm. is there that can make you have to be around your mother. Right. Yep. When it's that bad. Yeah. When it's that bad. Yep. So I don't know
1: any other ideas on this because I'll tell you, dealing with a maternal narcissist can be really Hard and for me, it just keeps popping up the idea of appropriate boundaries as Mm -hmm. hard as they are. I think the thing that's with boundaries that you have to remember is they don't have to like them, yeah. Okay, the boundary isn't about them, the boundary is about you, and you're setting appropriate boundaries to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Because what we know is if we don't take care of ourselves, nobody else will. But we are so used to being raised in this controlling environment and this narcissistic environment, especially with a mom, yeah, that we find it really hard to figure out a way to back off.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, honestly, especially when it comes to anything with narcissism or personality disorder, I think education is power. Mm-hmm. And if you think, oh my gosh, even if you think you're an adult and your mom's just too involved. Right. It wouldn't hurt to also educate yourself on what a narcissistic mother's like because Mm -hmm. she's on that verge, you know. But educate yourself so Mm -hmm. you know what you're up against. Right. And if you can get yourself into therapy, great. If Mm -hmm. not, read a book. Yeah. And figure out how to get Mm -hmm. your life and your power back Mm -hmm. because you are dealing with a completely different, Ball game here, right? And again, like I said, it sometimes it
1: goes under the radar because I think our story that we had says it very well. Just grew up with her mom being involved in everything, mm-hmm. so it felt normal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then as you get older, it's like, wait a minute, this is too involved, mm-hmm. and now it's a problem. Yeah, yeah, but we don't even recognize it
0: because we don't know any different. Growing up, yeah. And I think for, who knows now, this day and age with kids, but I know like my generation and even prehistoric generations like yours. Right. Way back before dirt. dirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. But mm-hmm. you just, you don't think <laughs> or say or act negatively towards your parents. So mm-hmm. to accept the fact that your parent might be a little screwed up. Right. And be causing problems is a very uncomfortable place for a lot of people because you don't, yeah. you don't grew treat with your that parents that way. Respect. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew, I grew up with just, you know, I could tell you how I felt and mm-hmm. I, we could have conversations and you knew everything was going on in my life, but I knew I, there was this underlying respect right. that I just had for you, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. I think that's where that a lot of that gets really uncomfortable for people right. to admit that their mom yep is messing with their lives a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, too controlling. Yeah. Mhm. Yep.
1: Okay. So, anything else you can think of? No. We, we want to thank Karen for sharing that story. That was that was a good story. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it
0: it did definitely fall right in line. I'm sure she was listening to that last Episode and was like, oh. oh yeah, let me tell you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was awesome. So yes, thank you, Karen. Yep, and we do appreciate people's
1: comments and emails. Continue to send them. Yep, it's pretty great. But um,
0: until then, we will catch y'all next time.